What's up, everybody? It's Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. The Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined as I change my mic to my phone and my AirPods by the one and only at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you? I'm doing well. I actually really, really enjoyed week nine. This was a fun week of football. Wow, this is a, a quite a departure from your the way the week started for you when you just will not get off your Lovey Smith induced. Well, I think that's what made it better. I I got to watch football on Sunday and Monday without Lovey Smith being a part of it, so that's why I enjoyed it. Oh man, dude, you are uh, you're a piece of work. We're going to talk about the Texans in a little while because we are doing yeah we're doing the power rankings tonight. Uh, I want to get through a couple of things. We had news today. We had the Monday night game. Let's get to the Monday night game here first, uh, as it just ended when we were recording this podcast. Uh, Saints lost to the Ravens. What was it, 27-13, I think, ended up being the final. Yes, um, yep. It was a game that the Saints had opportunities in the first half. They could not capitalize. Uh, Andy Dalton missed a sure touchdown right before half. Then the Ravens came out in the third quarter and just completely controlled the game. And the Saints tried to make something happen at the end, but really this was a second-half dominated game by Baltimore, particularly their defense and run game. Um, per the usual, their kicker didn't miss any kicks, and they win. Uh, they are now, gosh, where are they, 6-3 and three now? 6-3, and three, going yep. into their bye week. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints, if you miss the game, uh, more of the same of what you've seen this season. The defense was intermittently good and intermittently bad. Uh, not strong starting quarterback play and under under fire, really. The quarterback had uh, so many times Andy Dalton was under pressure uh, tonight. And really, Alvin Kamara and the rest of the group aren't doing anything to mitigate that. That's pretty much the game in a nutshell. What did and you notice? The, the Saints had a bunch of injuries in this game. Uh, Pete Warner got hurt. Marcus Davenport got hurt. Uh, their center, Eric McCoy, got hurt. I mean, they're one of the most banged up teams in the league. And now... They play the Steelers this week in Pittsburgh, coming off a short week. This has just been a disaster season for the Saints all the way around. You know, they they trade multiple first round picks to go up and get Chris Olave. Um, they they sink a bunch of cap space into this roster because they believe they're ready to to make a run at the Super Bowl, and they're three and six. It's a bad team, and they lost at home like this. I mean, it's in front of their home and crowd that crowd was loud to start the yeah, game. They- they were totally engaged. Um, you know, we've both been why why not play Taysom Hill and really give give teams some of the matchup problems you saw the Ravens give the Saints tonight. That's what you could do. Um, but I don't want to blame this on Andy Dalton because he was under so much pressure at points in this game. I guess the thing with Andy Dalton, which is true of a lot of quarterbacks in the league, is you know we always talk about are they good enough to put a team on their back, whatever. Sometimes you just need to be good enough to make the most out of the five great opportunities you'll have in a game because the really great quarterbacks sometimes have really bad numbers when they're under pressure all night as well. But when they do have a clean pocket, they make sure to make the most of those opportunities. And I really think the key play in this game was the misfire right before half when he had an open receiver. I'm trying, was it Callaway who it was? Marcus Callaway. Uh, Yep. Yeah. And Dalton barely missed him, but he missed him. And he had a clean pocket. His receiver was wide open, ran a great route. Marcus Peters guessed wrong. 
the great quarterbacks are kind of like the great pinch hitters. They can sit on the bench all game. You put them up in the eighth inning and they get a two out hit for you. So uh, I'm going to use that was my, a baseball reference. Yeah, I, I got that. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to use uh, one of my favorite phrases here. High variance. Okay. Oh boy. I don't think Andy Dalton has a high enough variance to play with this Saints defense. Now, if it was last year's Saints defense, they could just dominate and hold teams to seven points and win. Okay. But the Saints defense is not as good. They need a playmaker at the quarterback position where, yeah, he might turn the ball over a little bit, but you might get a 75-yard touchdown bombing the ball down the field. They need that in this offense because they cannot sustain drives at all. Andy Dalton is just not a good fit for this Saints team right now. You know, I, I'm I'm going to use one of my favorite football terms, persnickety. The Ravens defense was just, just you know, they just made Saints fans persnickety. They're very fussy. Uh Justin Houston, dude, I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talking about him. You had to think of me watching this game tonight. Oh. I mean, there's, yeah, because I've been tooting this guy's horn so much. And I, I mean, am I exaggerating? I mean, it's, it's getting ridiculous here. I mean, he was incredible in this game. Absolutely incredible. Two and a half sacks, an interception. He had pressures all night long. And he was sitting in free agency forever for anybody to sign for a couple million. And nobody wanted him. He's awesome. What was- what was the stat they had tonight that with the two and a half sacks and interception, he's the oldest pass rusher to do that, except for Trace Armstrong. Do you remember yes. Trace Armstrong played for the Raiders at the end of his career? He was a, a Dolphin. I think he was a high Bears draft pick, um, either in like 89 or 90, somewhere around there. And um, I, I just, you know, it's just a great luxury to have when you can have a veteran guy like that who can be a leader and come in. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw it. You mm-hmm. might have been setting up for the podcast, but at the end of the game, they at least Salters interviewed Lamar Jackson and Justin Houston came by and like tapped him on the shoulder pad. And Lamar Jackson quit right in the middle of his answer and said, 50, man, like, like this is the man, like this is a guy who did it. And he called him a future hall of famer. I don't know if Justin Houston's a future hall of famer, but Doggone it. He keeps playing like this. You know, he has eight and a half sacks yeah. on the year. He's, he's playing awesome. It's been great. Eight and a half sacks. It's crazy. He's played one game. In fact, his only start, I don't know if he actually got the start tonight officially, but his only start of the season was against the Patriots. That's the only game he hasn't had a sack in. All the others, he's had like two sacks. So, uh, great game for him. Can I do really one good. more quick note on this game before yeah. we move on? Yeah. Uh, Roquan Smith was awesome in his first game with the Ravens. I mean, he had some unbelievable tackles. I can only imagine what he's going to look like once he gets a little bit more time to, to get acclimated to that defense. They get some defensive linemen back to help clog up the middle. Uh, I, we can debate about the price that they pay to go get him, but my goodness, he's exactly what Baltimore needed in the middle of their defense. Yeah, late in the first half, the Saints were trying to get down the field frantically. They were you know, running out of time and trying to get back in this game and uh, the game was still in doubt at this point. And they threw Andy Dalton threw a little ball to Alvin Kamara on like a little leak and Roquan Smith ran him down so quickly. Do you, do you know mm-hmm. the play? I'm talking, it was mm-hmm. like a one yard game. And at first when I saw it in the live broadcast, you know, the angle that we get to see on TV, I was like, why did Andy Dalton throw that ball? Uh, he got one yard and they had to call a timeout on a one yard play. And then I realized watching the replay, 
Andy Dalton didn't see Roquan Smith, nor did he ever think that guy's going to be able to run, you know, cover seven yards that quickly. Um, And so you realize it wasn't a bad decision. You you think Alvin Kamara is going to have all this field in front of him. You have no idea that the linebacker is that much quicker than Kamara is. Um, Wow. That was a great play. I'm, I'm with you on that. A few tackles for him tonight. Uh, for Roquan Smith, but uh, the Ravens moved up in the rankings. Uh, the Saints certainly did not. Uh, before we get to those real quick, uh, we had some news today. Um, Frank Reich fired as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts one week after kind of getting an excited vote of confidence because of the Sam Erlinger, Ellinger, Englinger, every possible way you could say his name, uh, era. And then a week later, he gets fired, which should be the shocker. But by far the shocker is that who they got to replace him. Jeff Saturday, ESPN analyst, former high school football coach, Jeff Saturday, and Colts center, now taking over as the Colts interim head coach. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, be, I, 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 I don't know. Um, Jimmer, uh, did you watch any of the press conference today between Jimmer, say Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday? I I saw Saturday and I saw Ursay. I didn't see Ballard, but I don't understand how Ballard kind of gets off here scot free. I don't get that. I mean, so this press conference was supposed to happen uh, at five p.m. Eastern time, and they pushed it back to eight thirty p.m. Right as Monday Night Football was kicking off, and boy, do I understand why because it was a absolute disaster. From everybody around. Um, uh, can I just give you a couple quotes from Ursay? Yeah, please. They asked him if uh, Jeff Saturday is experienced enough. He said, yes, he's fully experienced enough. He's fully capable. In fact, I'm glad he hasn't had NFL experience. I don't want a coach that has fear. And these, co- these coaches often have that, and they often tor- turn towards analytics for decision-making. I thought he was saying... I thought he said their fear because of analytics as though they're going to get criticized if they don't do what the analytics say. I I, I misunderstood that statement. Yeah. Um, Um, Okay. (laughs) How about what Jeff Saturday said? I was as surprised as anybody. (laughs) Uh, He also said, this is another Jim Mercer quote. Look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. That means we're in the upper quartile of winners. We're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. So your top two? Oh. Uh, I mean, it was a disaster. And then Chris Ballard uh, getting defensive up there. They asked him about draft misses, and he said, "He said, go look at how many shots Michael Jordan missed in his career." And then he was blaming the the media. Said, "Hey, you guys made me draft. You guys been uh, not maybe." He said, "You guys have been uh, getting on me about not drafting receivers, and now our offensive line's a problem." I mean, it was. An absolute disaster. I think he probably should have used Popeye Jones as an example or something instead of Michael Jordan there or somebody. I don't know, Cedric Sabalos. I, I don't know, anybody but Michael Jordan. I, it sounds like Ursay said, this is not just a, hey, we're going to have Jeff Saturday for eight games and then we're going to go look for our coach. Like Jim Ursay said, we're excited to have him for uh, this these next eight games and beyond. I just, the upper quartile, I'm still a little stuck on that. Um, 
Does that sound like a guy that just like failed trig? Yeah, in high I, school. I, did you I have trig? I, I didn't make school? it that far. So, did they make you have to take trigonometry I, again? I didn't make it that far. We had a teacher named Mister DeMeo, and he would say he had been a Vietnam vet. He was very tough, and uh, we had a guy that sat next to us, Boldrick. And uh, anyway, he would he would write he'd write the answers to the test on his shoe. And then when he got caught with that, he had a backup cheat sheet in his tie because we had to wear a tie to school. Mm-hmm. So anyway, one test, I sat next to him. He had four different cheat sheets at different. He had one on the bottom of his shoe, one in his tie, one written in very light pencil at the top of his desk. I can't remember where the fourth one was. Anyway, and DeMeo just looked at him and he goes, Baldrick, put an FC on the top of your paper. He's like, FC, what's that mean? And he goes... Can you, I guess you can't, we can't bleep it out, but the first, the second word was cheater. <laughs> well, if you're going to that much work to cheat, why not just actually study and know your stuff? Freaking cheater. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the uh, power so rankings, can we? Yeah, yeah. No more thoughts on Ursay, Ballard, Saturday, combo or trio. I mean, you know, we could do a whole podcast on this. I don't, first of all, I don't blame the black coaches around the league for being ticked off sure. at all. Uh, number two, when a guy says I was basically as surprised as anybody, that's a really weird deal. That's a bad uh, sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, if you ever believe an owner's vote of confidence ever again, like just slap yourself. Yep. Please just slap yourself. Uh, number four, I don't care if Jeff Saturday, whoever, who's going to fix these offensive line woes. Your offensive line plays this by, bad every single week, and it was awful against new england the numbers you gave me on the new england game remember we were on the phone and Mm -hmm. i could not believe they literally were mathematically hard to do we'll get to that when we get to the colts and number five you're doing a great job okay i I mean if you're reggie wayne and you're a coach on that staff i mean how furious are you right now i mean i'm sure they love jeff saturday but it's like hey we've been here this whole time coaching we know these players, and we're not the ones that get promoted. It's a guy that's never coached before. Well, I know Reggie. Uh, and, Why don't you ask him uh, about it? I don't know if this would be the right time. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could DM him. Uh, sure. Reggie's pretty chill for the most part. I've never seen Reggie get really angry. And he was kind of that way on the field. He just let his play do the talking. He was not a big talker, but my goodness. Yeah. All right, let's do power rankings. Reggie's, got, Reggie's got a lot of pride. I can tell you yeah. that. Great player. Uh, okay, number 32, and a good guy. Uh, number 32. Now, hold on. Before I say anything here, let me just make sure. i got to make sure I'm on my right page of notes. I made lots of notes, Marcus, because I'm tired of you coming with your spreadsheets, quite frankly. So I use my little It seems like you're making thing. a lot of noise for this. Notepad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number 32, I've got the Carolina Panthers. I'd moved them up last week. They were so awful. Come on, man. Cincinnati blew the doors off them, then slammed on the brakes. You can't go on the road and be down 35-0 at halftime and not be the worst team in the league. Not to mention, they're not winning the games. They didn't close the door on Atlanta like they should have. Go ahead. Who are you going to put behind him? Are you going to put Houston, who actually yes. played some decent football against Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, because Carolina probably should have beaten Atlanta last week. But they they are they already have two wins, but it's fine. It, we're talking about 32 versus 31. They were getting beat 35 to nothing in the first half. 
Bad game plan. That's all. Houston has not had a game like that all year. You may can't you can't stand Lovey Smith, but they've played several teams really, really tough. That's Sorry. Fine. Okay. Don't be a jerk. By the way, no, Houston's fine. not Houston's not even 31. It's fine. The, the Indianapolis Colts are 31. Oh, okay. Because that's where they deserve to be. Tell me I'm wrong on that. No, they are a dumpster fire. So here's a stat yesterday that I was uh referencing to you. This is the unbelievable. Colts, the Colts had 38 dropbacks on Sunday. That's pass had, attempts plus sacks. And they had 43 net passing yards. So think about that. Your quarterback drops back 38 times in a game, and you total 43 net yards. For the, for 38, I mean, literally, you could get 43 yards on just like a catch and run by your running back on a screen. And in 38 plays, that's how much they get. And I should also mention, oh, 14 on third down. Oh, oh 14. <laughs> so, oh, 16 combined on third and fourth down. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> what was their net yards total for the game? Uh, one twenty. get to 100? 121. Yeah, they had a yeah. couple long runs. Sweet. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, good luck to Jeff Saturday. Wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, but right now you're the 31st t- best team in the league. Uh, Houston Texans are at 30. We talked about them Thursday night. Take a listen to that podcast. We talked about them at length. Marcus was very, very excited. Uh, Houston's got a quarterback problem. According to Marcus, they have a major head coaching problem. Uh, Brandon Cooks, who's probably their best offensive player other than maybe Pierce, is playing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to trade him. They asked for too much. Am I missing anything? Nope, you're good. All right, let's move on from Houston. Let's go to 29. I've got the uh, Las Vegas Raiders here. They've earned this spot, Marcus. They have. I'm sorry. I know it sounds harsh. Argue it, with me. This is the third game this season where they've held a 17-point lead and lost outright. The offense was atrocious in the second half of this game. And I don't really understand why they they didn't the Jags didn't have an answer for Devontae Adams. They stopped going to him, and then the defense really struggled. It, it's it's just bad right now in Vegas. I think Derek Carr completed five balls in the second half, two behind the line. I think one was a two yarder, one was a four yarder, and then I'm talking about air yards yep, here. Yep. On throws of, I think, 10 air yards or more, he was one of 12 on the game. Um, There was a play where he had a receiver wide open for probably a touchdown and just didn't see him. I hope Jeff Saturday likes Derek Carr because that's probably going to be a starting quarterback in week one. Oh, boy, the Colts are just playing – it's crazy, man. What quarterback are they going to get next? Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks – the quarterback that beat the Raiders this week that led his team back, who's been up and down and up and down. He's getting really hard to read, but he used his legs this week. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags at 28. Yeah, and what's tough about the Jags, they're three and six, but they very easily could be, you know, five and four without having to squint too much. You know, they beat the Texans in what week four or five or whatever that game is. They beat the Broncos in London in a game they controlled. Um, they're not nearly as bad as this ranking, but I'm not they sure. They lost to the Broncos in London. Yeah, I'm saying if yeah. they could easily have won that game. Right. They, they've control. They control it the whole way. Um, they're not all that far away. No, and they got they got production from Travis Etienne this week. He scored a touchdown. Be excited, fantasy owners. Uh, 
it's it's hard to have confidence in these guys right now. You want to see yeah. them put three quality weeks together. Speaking of the Broncos, who they lost to narrowly uh, in London, the Broncos were on a bye. I moved them up one spot simply because I, I didn't want to leapfrog the Jags over them, given that the Broncos beat them head-to-head. They're at 27. They were off this week. I don't really know how much more we could say nope. other than maybe nope. Russell Wilson's a little healthier with uh, the bye week. What would his tweet this week have been? I don't know. I I, I can't come up. It'd be it, it'd be like something like just recover, right? Or I reset. Know. I don't know. I think maybe three words on this one. You ready? Yep. Buys don't exist. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 26. Uh, well, uh, same thing as 26 last week. Pittsburgh Steelers, another right. team that was on a break. Uh, although somebody was not aware there was on a break and uh, people really made that guy feel stupid about it. I'll let y'all look that one up. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, Pittsburgh coming off that big loss to Philadelphia where Jalen Hurts put up fantasy, big fantasy numbers on them. I don't really know where Pittsburgh's going to end up this year. My guess is Marcus 5-12. and 12. Um, I think they're playing for draft position. This feels like the right spot for them. Yeah, I, they've got a pretty soft schedule coming up here. Um, they got a Sunday night football game against the Colts, a game against Carolina coming up. But are you ready for Steelers Saints in Week Ten? That's in Pittsburgh, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Maybe maybe Pittsburgh sneaks to seven and ten, but I can't even give them eight and nine at no, this point. I, I can't yeah. do it. Uh, Twenty five. This might surprise you, but this team really deserves it. They've lost, I believe, five in a row now. Uh, the Green Bay Packers—they look mm. awful on offense. Uh, their defense has played okay this year, but much under their potential. Uh, your complaint about Cleveland, I think Green Bay is the Cleveland of the NFC, at least defensively, uh, because they have the personnel to play much better, although they weren't bad this week. Offensively, they are terrible. And then when you throw on top of that, they have so many guys banged up right now. I don't know how I could put them higher because they're just not they're not really the Green Bay Packers right now. Yeah, Rashawn Gary out for the year with a torn ACL. He was playing really well. The only reason that I, I, that I'm a little hesitant to put them this low is their defense has been pretty good. They held the Lions, who were fully healthy in this game this week, this week to 254 yards and 15 points. Like that's a winning effort every single week. Um, but yeah, the offense has been awful. They've had some good games. They had the defense played really well against the Bears, but we're also talking about the Lions and the Bears. You know, yep. um, it has been a struggle for this team. And I, you know, when I tell you the teams above them, you, maybe we can you can argue with me on a couple of these. But uh, you know, you lose five in a row, man. You lose five in a row. Sure. Uh, Detroit Lions are at twenty four. I rewarded the Lions for beating them and no further. Um, I know you, you're not a huge fan of Jared Goff. He's had a good year, not a good game. Um, the Lions defense, though, showed up big time in this game. And they're another team like Green Bay that's really had a problem with uh, injuries. I feel like 24 is fair for this team. Yeah, I think that's around the right spot for them. Uh, I, the defense was unbelievable yesterday. They were shorthanded with some injuries, but whenever they needed to play, they made the it. Red we yeah, and we said last week that Dan Campbell's team needs to start winning games or else he's going to be fired. They got to win they against did. their biggest rival. Yep. Yep, they closed the door. Good for them. 
Uh, good for Dan Campbell. Uh, at 23, I've got the team we saw tonight, the New Orleans Saints. We've kind of already talked about yeah, them. You could make the case the Packers are better than the Saints. Look, if you want to argue with me on that, that's fine. But I feel like the Saints, Lions, and Packers are kind of all right there. Um, New Orleans, I think, going forward needs to needs to do something to change it up because the division is still there. It's still there. I'm still not a big believer in Tampa Bay, as you'll be able to see by my ranking here in a second. Let's go to 22, a team that beat the Saints a couple of weeks ago. They were supposed to be much better with DeAndre Hopkins. They can't do it against Seattle. They have a hard time with Seattle, and this was a home loss. They're 0-2 against Seattle this year. I think Seattle's won uh, a lot of games at Arizona. I don't know what the exact stat is. I don't know if it's like five years in a row or something like that. I need to look. But uh, I meant to look, and I forgot. Yeah. Doggone it. That's all right. Um, the Cardinals scored 21 points at home and seven of those came on a defensive touchdown. Their yep. offense was again, absolutely awful. Uh, Kyler Murray, 40 dropbacks, 140 net passing yards. I mean, that is awful. It, it, it really is. What do you do at this point? Like what, what is the RX? If, if, if you had control, you could Barbara Eden it. That's how I dream a genie. What would you do? I mean, obviously Kyler is going to be there for the long you know, Hall. Um, I I just can't watch Cliff and Kyler play together or you know work together anymore. It just doesn't work, right? The offense is too stale. It's too boring. It's too horizontal. I think you've got to get a proven older head coach in there that can kind of tell Kyler, hey, you're playing this style of football and you're going to be disciplined and you're going to make this read. Just letting Kyler go out there and playing backyard playground football. It's obviously not working. He needs somebody with some skins on the wall to kind of set him in place. You're not allowed to use my sinks. Yeah, Arizona's lost to Seattle at home 2018, 2019, 2021, 2022. This team totally has Arizona's number. And this was a game the Cardinals really, really needed. Um, boy, they lost to Seattle in 2017 at home as well. Um, one just quick thing on Arizona. It sure would help if they could run the ball effectively we're seeing a lot of teams go to the running game you just mentioned what 140 net pass yards on 40 dropbacks you're talking about what uh 3.7 yards uh per pass play or per drop back that's mm-hmm. putrid absolutely putrid uh at number 21 a team that doesn't that can't really throw the ball down the field but when your quarterback runs for about 180 yards i don't know that it matters too much uh, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, looks a lot better. You just wrote an article about him for mm-hmm. PFF. Is that up? Yes. Yeah. Look, as I'm trying to plug your work. Thank you. Here. Appreciate it. Be a I'm more actually excited. surprised they're this low, to be honest. Okay. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. They lost. They, they lost at home. I, I just think I would put them ahead of the Rams. The Rams look so bad. They're so undisciplined on defense. The offense is not explosive. At least the Bears have been in the last couple of games, and their losses have been against, I think, pretty good teams, and they've hung with you know, the Cowboys and the, the Dolphins. They beat the Patriots. They hung with the Vikings. They also lost to Washington. In a close game. And a game that they very easily could have won. They had a bunch of red zone trips. They didn't score. They beat the they beat the 49ers. All right. I'll let you push your Bears fans it's, a little it's higher. Not, it's not that they should be in the top 10 or anything, but there's not a difference between the Bears and the Rams right now. 
I don't know that there's a difference between teams 17 through 21. So we'll get right through there. At 20, I have the Commanders who beat the Bears, uh, lost to Minnesota. Played well, though. They played well, and they really could have won that game. Um, their uniforms, I, I don't know what you're thinking on this, but no. I, I was like, what am I looking at it's right awful. now? Yes. Um, again, Taylor Heineke, the numbers may not be phenomenal. Uh but for some reason, he gives his team a spark. We say it every single week. They were majorly in this game. And I don't. I honestly don't think they're going away. I don't think they're going to finish with a winning record. But do they get to seven or eight wins? I think they do. Oh, yeah. They're already at four right now. They'll win at least seven games. It's just do they get to nine wins? It's going to be no. a little bit tough. I don't, but this not is in that a, division. This is a – they're not a good team, but they're not a bad team either. Yeah, eight and nine might be where they end up. But that's not going to be enough to make the playoffs. And fourth in the division. And fourth in the division, exactly. Uh, at 19, a team that got a huge win, maybe the biggest win in the NFL this week, the New York Jets. I'm actually surprised they're not significantly higher than this. Just remember what you were saying about Zach Wilson just a few days ago. Oh, I know. That's I, why. I still don't trust Zach Wilson at all. I, I don't. You, you can't have that bad a quarterback play. You just can't have it. It's one thing to have a quarterback who's not throwing the ball well, but makes incredible plays with his legs. And I'm not even referring to like Justin Fields. Take Daniel Jones. Zach Wilson isn't giving them that. I mean, you're not wrong, but there's going to be a quarterbacks coming up in just a little bit that are playing just as poorly. And I again, I don't like Wilson, but I really like this overall team. They've won five of their last six games, and their only loss came uh, against New England. Okay. Uh, I I need to see where this team's going to end up, but right now the reason I have them at 19 is because their quarterback play is so bad. Now, at 18, this is another team whose quarterback play is not good, but I would argue that the Atlanta Falcons have been the most consistent team in the league this year in terms of you getting pretty much the same quality of play every week. It's competitive. It's probably it, – it's kind of like 500 ball is really what I would call it. They're probably not going to finish with a 500 record because they don't have the personnel. But does Atlanta ever really lay an egg? No. The only egg I can think they laid this year was at Cincinnati. That's the only one when Terrell got hurt on the first play of the game and Joe Burrow and the receivers kind of carved them up. Uh, this game was there for the taking for the Falcons. They had a real chance uh, at the end of the game, and they blew it. Again, I'm kind of surprised they're not a little bit higher. That, that, I mean, this is a game that was very winnable. They're in every single game. They know who they are, right? They're, they're not going to one week throw the ball 50 times, the next week throw it 20. Like they, they have a certain style that they like to play. This Falcons team is like permanently fun. Like every week they're going to have fun games. And it's, it's kind of excited for Thursday. Okay. So the next team I think you're going to have a problem with. Um, you would probably put the Jets and Falcons ahead of them, maybe even the Commanders at this point of the Bears. They're the Rams. Yep. Now, the difference between the Rams and the Falcons and the Jets and Commanders is I think the Rams have an exceptional head coach, although I know you would disagree on that. And the Rams have a better quarterback who, granted, the offense is not playing well at all, but there is still a massive gulf between Matt Stafford, who we've seen do it time and again, versus Marcus Mariota, who we haven't, and Zach Wilson, who we haven't, and Taylor Heineke, who we haven't, and Justin Fields, who we haven't. 
what's the best win that the Rams have this season? I'll give you the wins. Week two against the Falcons. I know them all. Yep. 31-27. Yep. Against the Cardinals in week three, 20-12. Yep. Or against the Panthers uh, in P.J. Walker's first start, 24-10. to I really liked that one. I thought that was a high quality. We played okay for a quarter and a half win. <laughs> it's exa- I mean, that's the thing with this this Rams team. and They only put a quarter and a half of good football together. Yeah, and... Man, they can't even really put a drive together. It is so ugly watching this offense. So I think I think you would be satisfied if I had the Falcons at 17, the Jets at 18, and maybe the Bears at 19. Yes. But with the Rams and commanders behind them. But again, we have to at least go somewhat on pedigree. It's not like these other young quarterbacks are playing really well. And I'm just going with the old pro. These guys aren't playing really, really well. At least not throwing the ball. Commanders and Rams, they play on a neutral field. Who wins? I think the Rams do, but the Rams and Jets, I don't know that the Jets, I I think the Jets would have been, be a better, better one. I don't even really like the commanders all that much. And I think they beat them by a touchdown. Well, do we have a chance to actually see that happen? Can we look at the schedule? Uh, nope, it doesn't happen this year. Doggone it. Well, Sorry. All right. Uh, number 16, another team that's been really disappointing, but they just beat my number 18 team. This is a team that's had major, major injuries, but Justin Herbert and the Chargers at 16, Justin Herbert made some Justin Herbert throws in this game, and it's what you really uh, want to see from them because he has been part of the reason that they haven't played particularly well. This is a, a, a gritty win for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Um, without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams, your running back fumbles the ball in the red zone. You've got a new kicker and you're on the road. Fig- you're on the road playing a one o'clock game and you figure out how to get a win. I guess again, somebody, I, I, a team that we, I, we think are pretty good. So it uh, wasn't pretty, but they got it done. Yeah, I think we both picked Atlanta in this game. I we think did. we both got this one we wrong. We did take the spread, though, so we're good. Yeah, but just so you know, Marcus's and my record the uh, week before was absolutely exceptional. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> Number 15. Oh, boy. Okay, buys don't exist. Tampa Bay Bucks. I It hurts riding it in there. It does. You tell me where to put Tampa Bay. This feels like the right spot, to be fair. I I actually got this right. Okay, good. (laughs) Sort of. I mean, you have to put Tampa Bay around here, but nothing about this team should inspire any kind of confidence going forward. Like, they are so old at so many spots, and they they can't really— Everything's hard. Everything's hard. Everything's hard, and their schedule like is pretty tough the rest of the way. Like, they're gonna have to really grind out wins to get to like nine wins. And man, I don't know. I don't even know if I see that. I was telling my mom uh, about the end of the game, like explaining uh, to her like why the Rams screwed that up so bad. Where. They're sitting there, the, the Bucks on the last drive. I mean, Brady's getting all this credit, and he deserves credit. He made the throws with 44 seconds left to drive for the touchdown. But the Bucks complete one ball for about 20 yards over the middle of the field, which takes up a lot of time. 
And then the Rams all of a sudden get scared that the Bucks are going to do that again. So they start giving him sideline gimmies. And it's like, let him complete a 20-yard ball over the middle again. Because they'd only be at the 40. So 40, 20 yards, they'd be down at the 20. But they'd burn almost all the remaining clock they had left trying to get down there and line up again. It did was so hear, dumb. Did you hear Jalen Ramsey after the game talking about that whole last sequence? No, he I heard said, Matt Stafford said our offense should have been out on the field. You know, they pretty much just ran three straight it, it, plays. And so yeah. Jalen Ramsey basically said that they were deflated that they had to go back out there. Like they thought the offense should be able to take care of that and get a first down. And when they got back on the field, they were just like, oh, we got to go do this again. We just gave everything we had to get one stop and we have to go do it again. And it, that's I, I exactly that. the way it played out. I get that, but it's 44 seconds. It is the terrible Bucks, defense. Yeah, They're, the Bucks had the ball at what? Their own 40? About? Yes, their own 40. They get, a, yep. they get about a 20-yard throw-ish to the Rams 40, but it took a ton of time because it's a pass yes. to like the tight end over the middle. K-Dotton, yep. Okay, so the Rams all of a sudden start defending that. Okay, fine. Let the Bucks get another 15-yard throw over the middle. By the time they get down there and they line up and they spike the ball, they're going to be down to what, Marcus, 10 seconds? You, you get two shots at the end zone at that point? Yeah, yeah. instead, what, what do they do? It was like 10, 12, 10 at the sideline. They just gave Tom Brady three easy-as-you-please sideline completions. And then they got the pass interference in the end zone, so the ball at the one-yard yes. line, and it was over. Right, and that's a big call, too, because if that had been like illegal contact or something, that would have been uh, just a five-yard penalty. Instead, it's a spot foul, puts him at the one, although nice play call by Byron Lefwich there yes. on the little tight end delayed release. Um, saw that it was his developing, and I was like, oh, this is a good play. Um there was something else I wanted to say about that game, but it was ugly. Totally yep, ugly game. Okay, let's move on. Uh, number 14, team that's really, I think, rebounded for the most part. Little hiccup against Cleveland, but I, I do think Cincinnati is going to be there when it's all said and done in the postseason. Just grinding out wins against bad teams, which you're supposed to do. They've beat mm-hmm. the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers over the last four weeks. Um, schedule gets pretty tough here over the next couple of games, but – They've at least put themselves in a position where they're over 500 in the in the hunt in the AFC North. Good job bouncing back after starting the season. Are they 0-2, right? Yeah. What I like about this team is they don't always have to be Joe Burrow-centric. Joe Mixon had a really big yep. game, five touchdowns in this game, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, that's going to definitely help in the postseason. At 13, a team that just recently beat them, uh, the Cleveland Browns, who were off this week, uh, Cleveland can run the ball. Jacoby Brissett isn't great, but he's been a pro. The defense has been under expectations, but played really well against Cincinnati. Do you think they can keep that up? Uh, maybe. They they have a – I'm trying to think who they played this week. Um, they didn't Bills? play this week. They were No, no, next week. Oh, yeah. Um, well, not the Bills. Next. I think it might be the Jets or somebody like that. But uh, – yeah, Browns are good. It's just too bad that they've lost some really stupid games because they really could be six and three at this point or six and two. Do you know what I really miss? My handy little United Way pocket schedule. Did you ever have one of those? Yes, I did. I'm pulling up their schedule right now. Dolphins. Yeah, that's a fun game. Ah, uh, cookies and cream. It is. I still wish I had my little United Way schedule. Yeah, Dolphins. But... Yeah, that's a good game. I like that. Go Cleveland. All right, number 12, I've got the uh, New England Patriots. I think they deserve this spot. I, I told you, I think they're a wild card team. They dominated the Colts 
uh, defensively. They run the football. They don't put a ton on their quarterback. I know you're really high on Mac Jones's play this year. Uh, that's another. Is that piece out yet? Or are you still? Working uh, it'll on be it? out on Wednesday. That's on Pro Football Focus. That's one of um, Marcus's fifty jobs. He's uh, PFF. He's, he does Raiders for USA Today. Uh, Gary Gary Queen outside of Corey, Pennsylvania. Yep. He does everything. Um, but they don't have the DQ dude or like steak finger basket, I don't think, no, if Dairy Queen's out there. It's, it's ridiculous. And your Dairy Queen doesn't open until like five, right? Yeah, five to eight. What? How does that work? Because they can't get they can't find workers outside of kids that go to school. So, ah, yeah, that makes it tough. Yeah. Uh, any problems with me having New England at twelve? No, I, they're so well coached on defense. They can really run the ball, as you mentioned. Um, it, if they can finally unlock the passing game, I think this could be a legitimate AFC contender. But until then, they're kind of just on the fringe. I'm so glad you talk about unlocking the passing game because this next team was off this week. I know you really missed watching their passing game air it out all over the field. Uh, the New York Giants at number 11. Yeah, uh, good. Moving on to number 10. <laughs> Giants. We'll see what uh, what they're going to do with their bye week uh, that they just had, and if they continue their great play, I think they're going to finish eleven and six for the record. Mm. Uh, Tennessee Titans are at ten. Yes, they lost. I was not going to move them down. I thought they played outstanding against Kansas City. They had a quarterback out there that they. I don't know if it's so much him not playing well, if he's totally confined by an offensive coordinator that doesn't trust him at all. Obviously, he was thrust into the lineup. He's clearly not seeing the field is, you know, going through his reads as quickly as you would like. But also the Chiefs pass rush was getting after him as well. I'm going to save some of my Titans thoughts for the end of the show, but a couple of Malik Willis stuff here. First play of the game, he had a 48 yard pass. Uh, to one, the rookie tight end um, all after the catch. From that point on, Elliot, the Titans had nine net passing yards. It, he just looked like he was a little slow going through his progressions. Uh, yeah. you, you know, and, and some there were a couple of plays I don't think he had more than two reads. But on it's tough to say because also I think Kansas City secondary did a pretty good job. And so there's going to be plays where his guys just simply weren't open and his protection broke down. But he's a young player who uh, I've heard him called a project. I don't know how I really feel about that. It's just guys, he's very raw. Um, I reached I'm out for to, the guy. I reached out to our uh, friends at the Elias Sports Bureau mm-hmm. to, to help me with some stats. Through two games, his, his uh, completion percentage is 42%. Worst ever for a quarterback in their first two starts. Well, probably like going back to 1970 or something. Believe me, there are some guys in the 40s that I don't even want to tell you their their numbers were an abomination. Yeah, but I, uh, that's I, I believe he has uh, I think it's 11 completions over two games. All right, quit bashing the guy. Okay, I, I mean, he, he's just not ready. That's all. Hey, you know who has played way above their head? The Titans back seven. Yes, has played on long at linebacker. Their secondary. I thought their secondary was going to be a problem. I just noticed that you named yourself Ravens Culture. Uh, you're clearly back in. Uh, you're not. I'm saving uh, my Titans thoughts. We'll save them for later. You told me I thought we were going to be Marcus the Brick tonight. Yeah, that's maybe later. The Raiders are doing so bad. I can't do that. Ah, doggone it, JT the Brick. What's up, my man? Uh, number nine, Miami Dolphins. They escaped. 
Do you agree with that? They escaped. Sure. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I call this a win. Do you call this a quality road win? Yeah, I do. Because uh, the Bears played really well. Now that you can also say they escaped. Uh, man, that offense is so much fun to watch. I I I I said it before the game, and actually, I think I, I talked to you on Sunday morning. You asked me what game I'm really excited to watch. I'm like, ah, I think Dolphins Bears is going to be a great game, and I enjoyed every single second of it. I like Dolphins Whites at Bears Navy. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, here's my question about the Dolphins, and we'll move on. Forget numbers or anything else. It's third and four. You need a highly accurate throw on like a seven-yard slant. Fourth and four, let's call it. Sure. To seal away the game, do you trust Tua? I do. I do. He's put up great numbers, but it just seems like a lot of times when you need that, just I'm not talking about the big play, but you just need that smart throw or whatever. I, I'm I'm uh, getting there. I, I, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. I and I, I, he's another guy I'm rooting for, but I don't know. Something's holding me back a little bit. Nothing is holding me back on the number eight team. I think this team needs a lot of credit. There's a reason I have them this high. Feel free to make fun of me. Their quarterback is a bona fide MVP candidate to Seattle Seahawks. And yes, I'm saying Geno Smith is a bona fide. He should be in the top three for MVP right now. Don't disagree. The Seattle team, despite having. No big names on defense, a young offensive line, and a kind of a journeyman quarterback. Maybe the most fun team in the NFL right now. He did have an interception. He got away with another one. Every quarterback gets away with one. Marcus, give me your top three MVP right now. Uh, I, I think it's probably Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then either Geno Smith or Jalen Hurts. In what order, though? Mahomes, Allen. Hurts, Gino, Tua. Oh, cookies. Sorry. No, no, Micah Parsons in there. No. Okay. I, I honestly, I think if Tua did miss those games, I think he'd be number one right now. Ah, okay. Very good. Uh, let's go to number seven, a team that was off this week, but I think they're going to be really scary. Uh, and I think you could argue they could even be higher, but because they were off, I already moved them up a spot. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they're a team that's going to be really hard to stop in the second half of the year. I would not want to play them in November, December, or January. Especially January. Especially uh, so January. we will see what they do. I, I love that they've been playing with guys banged up. Uh, it's been going on for weeks with them. They really needed the bye. Speaking of, I know we already left the Saints, but the fact that the Saints don't have their bye till week 14, Crazy. how stinky is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, number six, Minnesota Vikings actually dropped the Vikings. They weren't overly impressive. Uh, the commanders were right there with them. They made a late surge. Great throw from Kirk Cousins to Dalvin Cook in the end zone late in that game. But I thought they deserved to be passed by my fifth-ranked team, the Baltimore Ravens, who we already talked about. Uh, any issues here? Yeah, a I know the bit. records. I know yeah. the win-loss records. I think winning on the road is really hard. And we both like this Washington team a little bit. And it was an emotional game for Kirk Cousins, obviously playing his former team. And you go on the road and you win it. I, I know it was close, but you got it done. I, I, I think that's kind of the measure of a good team is you don't lose the games that you're not supposed to lose. So I, I actually came away impressed with the Vikings. I really did. It was very close with the Cardinals the week before at home. They're, they're just not wowing me at all. They're not a dominating team, but they're still very good. 
They are, and their record is much better than, again, the Ravens, who are at five. We've already talked about Justin Houston. We talked about uh, this team in general. Just want to go to Lamar Jackson real quick. ESPN ran a graphic really late in this game. I don't know if you saw it in the lower third that said, Lamar Jackson's contract is up on March 23rd at yes, 4 p.m. I'm like, 2023. I'm like, how big a nerds have people become? Like, look, I like football, okay? I know you like, we love to talk about team building, but if you're starting to run graphics, like I'm not sitting around marking down Lamar Jackson's contract. And it's this, so irrelevant because there's just uh, no, there's no way Baltimore is going to be like, Hey, you know what? Oh, we forgot what time he he's a free agent, right? Like they're going to hit, they're going to slap the franchise tag on him if they don't get a deal done. And if they don't get the deal done, they'll do it again next year. Like it's just not a big deal. It's when so did dumb. this become interesting to talk about? Honestly, who cares? Probably like, back when Marcellus Wiley signed with the Cowboys in 2004. <laughs> and you ran out to your dad on the lawnmower to tell him how excited you were? Yeah. Little Marcus, little 10-year-old yeah. Marcus. And what was your dad's response? Who? <laughs> Speaking of. Look, look at those stats last year, Dad, for the Chargers. Speaking of, number four, the Dallas Cowboys on a bye this week. Yeah. Good team. Got healthy. We'll see if they make a big addition here over the next couple of weeks in Odell Beckham. It seems like that's a very real possibility. We've been uh, looking at Odell and uh, Tavon Austin. And uh, would you be disappointed if they signed Tavon Austin? Instead? Absolutely not. Tavon's one of my favorite players ever. I actually really <laughs> liked it when he was on the team before. So bring him back. Uh that was the little... final straw for me was when Jason Garrett threw Tavon under the bus after that. Yeah, final I was, straw. I was, yeah. I was out. We need LaRon Robinson back. Uh, okay. Fearless price. Fearless price. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboys at four. They were off this week. We'll see if their defense can keep it up. I think a lot of buzz, especially with the uh, with the Frank Reich firing about Dan Quinn and how much longer the Cowboys are going to be able mm-hmm. to hang on to him. Uh, let's go to number three. I have a feeling you're not going to agree with this, uh, but at number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs still. Um, no, I think that's right. You do? Okay. Mm-hmm. They struggled to move the ball uh, against Tennessee. Uh, that was a game I thought they should have won going away. Buffalo just beat them head-to-head at their place in Kansas City a few weeks ago, and Philadelphia hasn't lost a game. I just think this is where they belong. They, they're having a great season. I still think there's a big drop between number three, Kansas City, and number four, Dallas. Or if you don't agree with Dallas, Baltimore at five, Minnesota at six. Um, The 49ers, I think we need to see them put multiple games together. Would you agree with this? There's a drop there? Yes, I I agree. Um, Kansas City at home coming off a bye in prime time against a rookie quarterback making a second start. And it took – 65 minutes to put away this team. I know. Uh, I know he, it. He, here's the most concerning thing of the, you're the Chiefs, and they had the same exact problem last year. They're going to be able to outgun most teams with their passing attack, but when they get to the playoffs, can you run the ball when you need to? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, four carries, five yards. Isaiah Pacheco, five carries, five yards. Jarek McKinnon, three carries, four yards. Yeah, they tried to sneak a couple of Jarek McKinnon runs in there late. They didn't work at all. Uh, I will. I mean, one of the Edwards Hilaire runs was just to get a key first down late. But I'm I'm with you all the way. And people say I'm old school. You need to be able to run the ball, especially this year, though. 
when you see how many teams are doing it uh, successfully, and I've talked to you already about, gosh, how many teams have already run for 200 yards in a game this year? Yep. Uh, okay, and we had more this week. Uh, number two, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Finally out of the number one spot, I think this is deserved. Now, last week, the game you went to when you were wearing your Bills beanie and you were, you know, telling me all about the great time that you had and that you were buying Bills starting lineups on eBay and stuff of Thurman Thomas and all that kind of stuff. I told you Josh Allen threw two boneheaded picks in the second half of that game against Green Bay. This week, Marcus, it wasn't any different. And I know the guy's a great player. He's still kind of a front-runner-esque for MVP. It's probably a toss-up. But you still can't afford to make these kinds of plays. I agree. He had a awful red zone interception uh, that he was targeting Dawson Knox in this game. I, I don't even know what happened. Um, there is a lot of people around the Bills right now that are nervous about Josh Allen's elbow. Um, yeah. It was reported today that it's a UCL uh, injury, which is the, the, the Tommy John ligament, right? A lot of these pitchers mm-hmm. have Tommy John surgery. Now, I don't think we're at that point, but just some of the whispers are that it's more serious than what is being let on. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Josh Allen for at least a few weeks. By the way, in case some of you out there don't know, you hear this Tommy John throw down, thrown around all the time. Tommy John was a pitcher in the major leagues in the 70s and the 80s. He pitched into his 40s, and I think he had a tendon removed from his shoulder to repair his elbow, wasn't that? It wasn't, mm-hmm. Do I have that kind of yep. right? Something like that. Uh, I don't remember the exact medical procedure, but at the time, it was a new thing, and it worked, and it preserved his career and allowed him to pitch very late, uh, like I said, he pitched, I believe, into his 40s. He pitched for the Yankees and other teams. And uh, that's what Tommy John surgery is. And I realize it's baseball, but obviously pitchers, uh, quarterbacks have a lot in common in that. Just really quickly, Josh Allen's actually had this injury before. Uh, I believe it was 2019, missed mm-hmm. four games. So wouldn't be surprised if we see something similar happen here. And that's huge for Buffalo because they kind of need – the number one seed to have the playoffs go through Buffalo. If they fall behind at all with their schedule coming up. Give me the difference in going to the Super Bowl or not. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things when you have an injury in a certain area and then you have it again, you are just more susceptible to mm-hmm. it. We've seen that with all sorts of different injuries. And uh, I, I hope that it's very, very mild because they're having a great year. And I, yeah. I want to see the play. I want to see the playoffs go through Buffalo because then if a team goes into Buffalo and beats them, it's a you, real upset. You'll know they're worthy. It's, right. Yes. And it's uh, it, it's fun to it's see that team be so good. I mean, Philadelphia Buffalo Super Bowl would be outstanding because they've earned it. But speaking of Philadelphia, they are number one. I don't know how you can debate this at this point. They didn't even play a good game Thursday night. Again, take a listen to our Thursday night pod. Uh, Marcus is really, um, really positive and entertaining in that podcast. Um even if you don't play your best game, you win by 12 on the road and you're undefeated at this point of the season. They have beaten some pretty decent teams. Um, I Like I said, I just don't know how you could argue this at this point. Yeah, beating Levy Smith on a short week moves up to number one. I totally get it. But no, you're right. They should be number one. I don't even think it's debatable at this point. Who are they losing to? I say they're going to lose uh, at the Giants, uh, at the uh, Giants. I would say maybe the Bills at the Super Bowl. You don't think the Cowboys beat him at the end of the year? Um, 
Yeah, let's. I've got faith in my guy Dak. So yeah, we'll take. What if the What if the 49ers go to Philadelphia and run at them? So that would have to be the second round. Oh man, that would be a heck of a game. That might be the game of the postseason, either conference. I know everyone wants Buffalo, Kansas City, but man, that would be awesome. Uh, okay, so that is uh, my power rankings with Marcus having uh, lots of. What, what was your biggest disagreement? Probably the Rams. I I the just, Rams. I, I'm yeah. so out on Rams culture right now. Yeah, I understand. It was a tough turn there. I had the Rams at 17, the Falcons at 18, the Jets at 19, the Commanders at 20, and the Bears at 21. I think Marcus would have preferred I drop the Rams down to 21 and move. I also kind of like the Jets. That's, that's part of it. I kind of like this Jets team. Yeah, I get it. And I, I, I think listening to you, both the Bears and the Jets could have afforded to come up. Um, yeah, it's look, it's difficult, man. Uh, it's it's difficult with some of these teams, but we're starting to see some consistency in the league right now. And so some parts of this weren't that hard. And I, I hope some of these teams keep it up. I mean, I think the NFL is better when we know at least somewhat what to expect week to week from a team. I agree. So that are, that's our power rankings for this week. On Wednesday, we are going to do our picks. We weren't as good this week on picks as we were last week, but we're right, still sorry. pretty good. Can't, can't uh, hit 100% every week. No, we can't. But I'm going to give you the uh, final thought. I'm not sure I enjoyed a football game more in the last five years than I enjoyed Titans-Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Honestly, that I'm not sure it was the best game I've seen in the last five years. But just from like a coaching standpoint, I mean, Mike Frabel was unbelievable. Elliot, the Titans got one first down after the six-minute mark in the second quarter, and they took that game to overtime with a chance to win. I, yeah. I, I thought Vrabel was outstanding in this game from some of the coaching decisions he made, from how they played on defense to how they guarded Travis Kelsey – to how physical they were. Like they tried to turn this into like a scrum. Uh, I, I don't really believe in moral victories, but I came out of that game just being so impressed with this Titans team and thinking, you know, if they get Ryan Tannehill back and they mm-hmm. get Traylon Burks. I would not be surprised at all to see them go to Buffalo in, you know, round two of the playoffs and beat the Bills or go to Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. Like I, I just have so much respect for that team. I was really impressed with their linebacker long, number 51, all over the field. Uh, I hope Simmons is okay. He was limping around at the end of that game, probably because he played about 165 plays. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe how well their secondary is playing. I can't believe they didn't complete any balls to the wide receivers. Uh, the, I don't think the whole game their wide receivers caught a ball, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe one None. The entire game. None. None. Um, and honestly, they have a history of playing Kansas City tough. They blew out Kansas City last year. I remember 2017, Kansas City had a really great year. Alex Smith led the league in passing. This is the year that Mahomes pretty much sat the whole year. Tennessee went into Kansas City in the postseason and beat them. And uh, just be really interesting to see if those two teams uh, tee it up again because everyone's waiting for Buffalo and Kansas City. And uh, I'm with you. If Tannehill comes back and, and plays more like 2019, 2020, Ryan Tannehill can be a tough team to stop. And of course we didn't even mention Derrick Henry. So I am with you uh, on that. Uh, Marcus, you can get those takes uh, on the Cowboys. If you listen to locked on Cowboys with he and Landon McCool, they do that podcast pretty much every day. And then Marcus also covers the Raiders for USA today. And he's got a couple of cool articles out on pro football focus. Uh, one on Mac Jones. That's not very positive. Uh, one on Justin Fields. That is 
mm-hmm. positive. So uh, take a look at those. Also, you can follow him at Marcus underscore Mosher. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Broncos country. Let's wrap. Thank you.